Hello and welcome to the Masterpiece Minutes podcast. This is Casey Heist, your host. And today is episode three of the Masterpiece Minutes podcast. And we are in part two of this Masterpiece series. And today's episode is called Those Cookies Are For You. That's beyond my abilities at the moment. And, um, Siri, was that you? I wasn't talking to you, but thanks for being part of the podcast today, sister. Oh, wasn't that awesome? Siri just joined us and I had no idea that was going to happen, but you know what? I'm going to keep it in as part of the podcast today because I think it was really funny that she said something about... Um, I don't have the abilities to do that right now. I didn't ask her to do anything, um, but it kind of made me think of my prayer before I started recording this podcast of, God, I don't have the abilities. <laughs> I can, I'm kind of like Siri today, honestly. I, well, every day. We can't do anything in our own abilities. Um, nothing good anyway. And so I kind of prayed that prayer of, hey, God. I don't have the ability to do this podcast on my own, but I know that there's some good stuff here and I'm going to share it. And so I thought that was kind of funny. I'm going to leave that in the podcast. But again, hello, Casey Heist here. Um, today's episode, uh, part two of the Masterpiece series is called Those Cookies Are For You. And I just want to start off the podcast after being so rudely interrupted by Siri uh, but it's it's cool, Siri. It's okay. Um, how are you today? I know that when anybody asks me that, I'm like, um, I I don't really know. Like, I'm just trying to be present. I don't remember what happened yesterday. And when you have kids, it's like, I don't know. Like, I really have to actually look at the planner and say, okay, today is a Tuesday. What happens on Tuesdays? So... <laughs> I feel kind of like bad for asking that question, how are you? Because I myself don't feel like I ever really have a good answer to that question. And so a lot of the time, my answer is, because I don't want to be rude to the person, is, uh, you know, uh, God is good. Like, I just say what I know. Like, in the moment, I might be feeling frustrated um, but is the day still good? Like, and is there still opportunity for good in my day? Yes, I believe that. And to respond and be helpful in my response in speaking what I know is true and good um, and, and back as a reminder to myself is when someone asks me that question is God, God is good. I know God is good. And so how are you though? I kind of had a weird day of, well, we, it started out kind of rough with a rough parenting moment this morning and I'm feeling a little frustrated because I'm down in my basement and my lights aren't working. My little cool lights that hang from the ceiling aren't working. One's like flashing. They're supposed to be these cool quote unquote smart bulbs. You know what I'm saying? So come on. Um, they don't seem very wise right now, like my bulbs. Um, and what else? I don't know. There were a lot of things. I had a rough parenting moment this morning. 
And my devotional this morning in my ears was an encouragement to fight the good fight. So recording this podcast today, I'm like, you know what? I'm pulling that sword out, holding it high, and I'm swinging it right back at the enemy today. And so I just want to tell you that I am right there with you. If someone asks you, how are how are you? How are you today? How are you? That I know, and I can encourage you in the truth that I know we can always reply with a God is good. Um, so no matter how I'm doing, I know God is good. And if it's his will, he's going to pull me through. And there's always good to be revealed in my day. So that's a little snippet. That's just how I just wanted to start off just saying that if you're in a weird spot today and you're having a weird moment, you feel super off. Like I'm so right there with you, but God is good. And ultimately that's how I'm doing because that's the joy that I have, no matter how I feel, no matter my circumstances today, where I can't get outside and go for a walk, it's freezing cold, or it's negative two degrees, you know, um, kids are fighting, or whatever it is, I just want you to know that I'm right there with you. Now, let's get into this podcast episode. Those cookies are for you. I wanted to quickly read you a testimonial from a friend that has read my book, Masterpiece Material, Your Maker Made Material That Was Worth the Saving. I wanted to read a little quick testimonial from her because I think it's really relatable. She said, I'm reading the book. I never actually believed. And she said in parentheses, there aren't enough capital letters for believed. In my heart of hearts that I was God's masterpiece until that first chapter. Being made in God's image was for other people and not me because I wasn't deserving. Thank you. So I just wanted to read that because I thought, man, that's super relatable. I remember when I first heard that um, version in the Bible where God calls us his masterpiece And I thought, oh, that sounds really nice. That sounds great. That sounds like great poetry. Um, Whoever wrote that in the Bible, like, bravo. Like, you're a really good author. Like, that sounded really nice and pretty. But I definitely don't see myself as a masterpiece. You know, you do think of, oh, a masterpiece. You think of, like, Picasso, you know, (laughs) or something in an art museum. And you might not feel deserving of such a title because you think that you should look a certain way. Um, The world, you know, isn't nice. It tells us we should look this way and we should weigh this many pounds and, you know, our hair should be this color and our shoes should be (laughs) this brand or whatever. Um, All kinds of stuff, right? They put things on the covers of magazines And I remember, this is just a snippet from my past, I remember working out on, or walking on a treadmill or or, um, working out on an elliptical machine when I was in um, in my early 20s or so. And I had like the cover of Shape Magazine sitting there and I would look at it and look at it and look at it the whole time that I was working out 
And it was like I was imagining and dreaming of looking like this other person and just thinking, well, that's my goal. Instead of completely thinking I wasn't, you know, wasn't deserving a title like the title masterpiece unless I looked something like that or unless I, in my mind, in my description of beautiful, like a masterpiece, in my mind, masterpiece was like perfection, you know, Um, perfection in the eyes of the world, perfection like the people in front of magazines look. And, you know, in God's eyes, we are this perfect molding that he's made. He knit us together in our mother's womb. And in his eyes, we are beautifully perfect. But the world thinks of perfect as something that's like never has any flaws. And I think of God as the potter too. And he He molds us and we're always ever changing. But he calls us a masterpiece, not because we never have any flaws, but he calls us a masterpiece because he knows that there's a little bit of himself in us. Like, you know, as someone would say, a little, a little bit of the master in us. God says we're made in his image. So we carry a little bit of, of, of God's goodness. If we lean into that and we believe the identity that he gave us, that is masterpiece material. It doesn't look like somebody else's, you know, interpretation of perfection or, you know, what somebody else defines and says that we should look like. We are God's masterpiece because we are all unique and beautifully made to be unique on purpose, different sizes, different colors. Um, But I can see how we could easily get confused, right? This world that we live in is not heaven. So every day we have these visuals either in front of us on commercials or in the front of magazines or someone telling us how we should look. There's a new trend coming up. We should probably follow that. Oh, my face doesn't look like that. My makeup doesn't look great. I should, I should probably change that. Um, that's, that's what's cool. You know, that's what's beautiful. That's what's beautiful for right now. Right. Um, my, my eyebrows don't look right. I mean, I used to kind of be okay with them, but I saw that like everyone's doing their eyebrows like this now. So maybe I should do that because now that is beautiful or now that's better. And man, the world is like this, like that kind of thinking and that kind of striving is that like this hamster wheel of, of life, right? Where we just keep getting back on. And we get off and we think, okay, we're done. Like, I met the goal. I'm here. And then we find ourselves getting back on that hamster wheel again or getting back on the elliptical machine or whatever it is and striving. And it's never enough. We find ourselves feeling like we are never enough. So it makes sense to me, right? Where 
even though we are a piece of the master, we have a hard time getting it down here on earth because every day we have things shouting at us on social media or on fronts of magazines that are telling us this is, this is masterpiece. Like this is, this is where you should be. This is what you, where you're at right now isn't enough. So I'm, the world's going to just tell, tell us, right? It's going to tell us what is enough. And it's ever, ever changing. So no wonder we feel kind of like this hamster running on a wheel and getting off and then getting back on and getting off and getting back on. And we never quite feel like we're enough. Why in the world would we ever feel like a masterpiece? (laughs) We could feel like maybe we're striving to be this masterpiece, but we find ourselves in that hamster wheel type of life where, or we kind of feel like a fish out of water. I was thinking this the other day that, you know, when a fish is out of water, they kind of just flop around like flop, 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 flop. And then they just, they just die, right? They flop around, they flop around. And I think, is that really the kind of life that we want to live? Do we want to live like just flopping around? Like, oh, I'm going to flop this way because that's cool today. You know, that is something that's telling me is going to be good for me. And I think I'm going to feel better once I obtain that or I look that way or I buy that thing and I have it too. And then the next day we find ourselves flop, flop, flopping the other way. Oh, well, I should probably look like that person because, you know, she's getting a lot of attention or he's getting a lot of attention. And that that's what I should be striving for. I should be doing something. Why am I not doing something? You know, we start to, like, we're so preoccupied, right? And it makes sense because we have all this stuff coming at us every day um, through social media and everything. We can feel kind of like a fish out of water. And I think, you know, and then I think of God, our initial um, designer, you know, he was our, and is the ultimate artist. He was our beginning He molded us and he continues to mold us. It wasn't here. This is a perfection that is a finished product. You are a masterpiece and perfection in my eyes, he says, because I made you. I'm not done with you yet. Like that's the whole beauty of it. This is a masterpiece of molding. This is not a masterpiece of perfection. You know, we will have flaws And that's okay. God knows that. He knew that when he made us, and he still loves us anyways, which is awesome because he wants relationship. We aren't a finished product. And that is the masterpiece that we continue on with the molding. And that, in in God's eyes, is, is perfection. But in the world's eyes, perfection is this striving. And you need to meet this goal. And you have to be this now, now, now. And God's about relationship and he's about the molding. And that is our identity to continue to stay moldable in his hands and continue to be that soft clay, just receiving from him our identity that never, never changes. It's always been the same from the beginning. And we're in fi- and then we can find ourselves just like being cool and being fine with not getting back on that hamster wheel and we start to feel 
that peace, right? We start to feel like, wow, that fish that has got that living water and they don't need to be flopping around everywhere any, anymore looking for a different, a different source, right? <laughs> like, you know, think of like how fish breathe underwater. Like all we need is his truth. Um, but it's not so easy to just start walking about walking in it, right? So I understand that testimonial of my friend that said, hey, I never really believed. It's like, well, no wonder, right? It took me a while to get it too. Um, so I just thought that was really relatable. So now I want to talk, tell you a little, little story. When I was six weeks pregnant, um, thinking we were going to have a, a third baby, we had started trying for a third. I was six weeks pregnant with that third. And if you want to read a little bit more about that story, you can read it in my book on pages through uh, four through five in Masterpiece Material. Um, but I'm just going to give you a little snippet because I snippet, <laughs> a little snippet, um, because a little snippet because I want to get to those cookies are for you. I was six weeks pregnant, and you know I was kind of going through that un un unknown period where my husband was transitioning um, from job to job. Um, we didn't really know where God was going to take us next. Um, I hadn't really been, and we knew we wanted to have another baby, but I hadn't really been, oh, man, I hadn't really been taking care of my body. It just kind of felt right. We hadn't really prayed about it, but we're like, well, we, want, we know we want to have more kids. So like, let's do this. Let's try now. Um, and before I knew it, I was pregnant and it happened pretty quick. And I thought, oh, it's kind of like one of those moments of like, oh, but, but wait, no, that's, no, that's great. Like, okay, that's good. Yeah, that's what we want. Um, but. I was just exhausted every day. I, I just wasn't healthy physically, mentally. Um, I just, you know, I didn't definitely didn't feel ready. And I know that God can do things in your life where definitely when it doesn't matter if you're ready or not, like, you know, he makes something good out of it and he has your strength. But um, long story short, I ended up finding myself uh, at about six weeks in the ER and, um, you know, at this point in my life, I was really chewing on that word masterpiece. Like I said, just thinking, okay, like I'm getting this beloved definition that God says over us, speaks over us. We are his beloved, but I wasn't quite getting the beloved masterpiece part. I thought, okay, like I get it. God loves us. I know Jesus died for us. And, you know, I've been a Christian for a really long time and, um, I got it all and I, I knew it was all true. And, but was I actively believing it? Like I would say, yes, I, I have for a long time that I am God's workmanship. I believe God created me, but was I living it out in the way I would think of a masterpiece? Like with that masterpiece perspective, was I really, really seeing myself with the eyes that my father sees me, that this ultimate artist really sees me? So I was kind of starting to grow more into that. And I thought, you know, that sounds, that sounds good. But like there were a lot of times when I just still didn't really like 
you know, I didn't walk in it. And so I still had some insecurities and we all have insecurities sometime that try to tempt, you know, tempt us to come back in uh, or try to sneak back into our life. And, and, you know, that still happens sometimes and we have to fight against that and speak truth. But I wasn't, um, I knew it was true, but I wasn't like applying it to every area of my life. Like I wasn't walking into every area of my life knowing like, hey, I'm masterpiece material and fully, fully believing it, like walking in it. Um, and so in that ER room at the hospital, you know, I, I had, we had been traveling back from Michigan and I had noticed like we went to a rest stop or a gas station. I started, I was bleeding. I was having bad cramping. And so we ended up in the ER and in through that experience, God showed me this unexplainable feeling of, it was like, I just knew his care for me. It was like this cloud over me that I could never explain, but I could never, ever deny it. Um, I just felt his care so much. And at one point I felt, and I knew the nurse and my husband, Bryant were pushing me down, you know, those beds that they roll you down the hallways in at the hospital. I knew they were rolling me down the hallway from one room to do some tests and stuff to the next, and then bringing me back into the ER. But at one point, I looked over my shoulder. I looked, tried to look up over my head and to my right, and I could not see them anymore. And I thought, what in the world? I don't see anybody else in here right now. And all I could think was, and it was like I could hear God's voice on my heart saying, it's me. Like, I'm caring for you right now. Like, don't you get it? <laughs> that you're a masterpiece. Like, this is how you're going to get it. And he felt me so, or he, <laughs> he made me feel so cared for that I just, I couldn't explain it. And I remember thinking to myself in the ER, even though just the, 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 all this stuff was happening, the most unexpected place, right? Um, all this gross, um, stuff happening. And I remember the coldness of the hospital and they give you like these warm blankets, but everything smells weird. And they're just like sticking you and doing all this uncomfortable stuff to you. And, and I knew all that was happening and that was very real. But I felt it's it was like it didn't matter because he cared for me so much that no matter what happened to me and what was going on around me, I just knew he cared for me. So that was where I got it. That was where I got it. So I understand this friend that said I never really believed it. You know, sometimes we have to go through suffering and weird unexpected things for us to get to a point where we're, we're realizing, man, I, I need your help, God. You know, I am in this place of pain or whatever it is. And, and in those moments, 
He gives us peace because we're not so focused on all these other things. We're just focused on him. We're searching and seeking him. And in some of the, in some of those moments, he takes that opportunity and he's like, there you are. My masterpiece. I want you to, to get it right now. It's time for you to get it. So that was when I got it. I remember thinking in the ER room, I get it now. I mean, I really get it. Nothing else matters right now in this moment. I'm so overjoyed inside my heart to to finally, like, I get this truth now because I'm experiencing it right now. I can't deny it. I am God's masterpiece. And in that moment in the, in the hospital, in the ER room, I thought to myself, masterpiece. I really get it now. So I miscarried that day at six weeks pregnant, but I also, in the same day, in the same moments, I experienced God in a way that I had never experienced him and his care for me before. I finally got that part, that masterpiece part about the way God sees me. And in those same moments as I was having this horrible experience and feeling physical pain, um, at the exact same moments, all of these things were happening. I felt immense joy and peace. And so as much as I would never, I would never want someone to have to physically go through that. It's not fun. It's um, very uncomfortable. And you yourself may have went through this and had a completely different experience. And everyone has their own story with with that, with, with, with miscarriage. Um are having these unexpected experiences. And your experience with that may have been very different from mine. And I just want to say that I, I feel, I feel that. And um, you may hear this story and think, well, man, that was not my experience. When I miscarried, it was horrible. I didn't feel God's presence. Um, and I just wanted to say, like, I'm so sorry for that experience. And I think that God has these moments in our life where we think, man, well, why wasn't that my story? You know, but what I do know, and I, and I don't have the answer for that. So I'm not, I'm not going to try to give an answer for that. But what I do know is because, you know, I can't speak on something that I don't know. What I do know is that he's trustworthy though whether or not something, the outcome of something is the way we want it to be or not, that he's still trustworthy. And he does have this perspective of seeing so much further ahead than we could. You know, he made the heavens, he made the stars, he split the sea. You know, do we have any understanding of how in the world he did any of that stuff? No, 
did a lot of the people in the Bible see these these things, um, these miraculous stories? Um, did they see it coming? Like they they were maybe expectant, right? And they prayed and they asked God to show up. And he maybe didn't show up, right? He didn't always show up when they wanted him to. Or maybe in the way that they wanted him to. But he's trustworthy. And in his timing, he'll show us the good. He doesn't waste anything. So hopefully that's an encouragement to you if you're feeling like, man, I went through that. That wasn't my story at all. Um, but here's what I do know. Here's what I know. I know that God doesn't waste anything that's allowed. He uses it. And in time, in his perfect timing, and as we lean into him and trust him more and rely on him, especially in those weak moments of not understanding, he uses them and fits them into our story. And through our weak moments and through even, you know, those moments of physical pain, he uses those things to grow a passion and a purpose through that pain. We might not always see what it is at first, but like I've said before, do we really want to be somewhere yet that we're not ready to be yet? Like God's not a fast food kind of guy. He wants to sit down with us at the table, make us a meal, look us in the eye so that we really get it. And we really understand that he's with us every step of that journey. In our lives where we actually experience his care and we take a risk, like I know it's risky, but take a risk as starting to walk in the identity that he says over us and take a risk at trusting him that he doesn't waste anything and don't walk away from him. Like I say, take a risk because once we start taking those risks that feel like risks, we realize it really wasn't risky at all. It was the best decision decision that we could have made. So in those moments where we we do actually experience his care for us. And we start leaning in and we start risking and we start trusting. What God starts to do is showing up in these, he shows up in these places where he's always with us, but it feels like, wow, I, I really see him in this moment. Like the switch gets flipped and it's a game changer. When the truth that we know, the truth that we know is good from a God we know is good, comes into our lives and shows its face. We know God cares for us, but truly experiencing it makes it come alive. Makes the truth that God spoke over us grow legs that start walking around with us in our everyday lives. So don't stop risking. So we're talking about actually tasting and experiencing 
and digesting God's truth that he says over us, right? So think of it this way. It's like when you smell freshly baked cookies, but you never get to eat them because the appetizing sweet smell that makes your mouth water to taste it is actually coming from your neighbor's house next door. Mm. Sometimes the truth we have a hard time truly believing about ourselves smells good, sounds great, super appetizing, and we'd really like to take a bite of it, but we've been deceived before. The cookies never seem to have been baked just for us, just because. They're always for that special company or special occasions. Maybe you felt that way before. We desire to digest God's masterpiece message over us. Take a bite of it. Taste it. Taste its sweetness and be shown that the baking up of something good was just for us. No special occasion needed. God wants to show us that we're worth the messy hands and mixing up of something good. The time spent on us and in the places he wants to meet with us are the moments where we'll later find ourselves telling others, I've tasted it and I've seen it, his love for me. Whether through the time you chose during your day to be still enough to use your senses, allowing the scent of his heart for you to even enter the room, or through an unexpected moment that you couldn't deny was him. Here's what I know about experiencing God's truth over you. Expect it. Expect him to be at the door when you ask, seek, and knock. He has the best truth-filled cookies. He's baked up and prepared just for you if you'll take the risk at following the scent of something that smells too good to be true. Follow it. Meet with him and ask him to show you his heart for you. Show you the sweetness that your believing comes along with choosing to walk in his goodness, even when we can't smell it. Even when we can't seem to get a taste of it right now. Ask him. Ask him to help you let go of all the times you've been let down and disappointed or lonely, believing the lie that something so sweet isn't for someone like you. It's true. We don't deserve such sweetness. We don't deserve to eat from the plate of what God prepares for us. We don't. We don't deserve to eat with God and digest the abundance of freshly baked goodness. He's constantly preparing for us. But we get to. Because when Jesus died on the cross for us, it meant that God wanted to bake the cookies for us. No special occasion needed. So we get to receive, get to follow the scent of good and greatness he's prepared for us.
so that we can do the good he's prepared for us in his kingdom, that he's prepared long ago. We can eat them now. Actually, God's truth that's just waiting for us to digest is the best thing to digest. Also, no calories included, so there's that, right? But it's the best thing to digest because there's always room for more. But we've got to start somewhere. Take the first bite out of a certain truth God has for you that may seem foreign or misplaced, maybe too far out of reach to believe, or not for you. It's for you. God says it is. If you believe that God is good, God is for you, God created you, loves you, then take a risk today of believing the rest of what he says too. Move your feet in the direction of belief today, whether you can say you truly believe it yet or not. You're a masterpiece. His workmanship. You're worthy of the intimate relationship between a maker and his work. Worth the death of Jesus. Worth the freshly baked goodness God has for you. Yes, you, right now. There's an abundance of freedom that's on the other side of your own understanding to be experienced. Do you trust God to let him take you there? It's sweet. It's for you, whether you believe it right now or not. Believe it. Follow that sweet scent of the full freedom in your life God so wants for you to experience, taste, and see. Take more bites out of the full identity God's so preparing for you. Baked fresh every day for the taking. Sure, the term masterpiece seems like a bit too much at first, right? But let's decide today that we're going to agree with God, that he knows what he's doing. He knows what he's saying about us, that his language of love that he chooses over us is never too extravagant or out of reach to digest. It simply is. His love for you is extravagant. So let's accept and receive the extravagant words of identity he calls us. Masterpiece. God said it. Jesus died for it. His beloved, his workmanship. The least we could do is thank him with our lives at receiving it. Yes? Those cookies of truth and purpose that God prepared and spoke over us long ago are for the taking, for the tasting, now, so that we can see and get on with our own baking up of good for those around us, for his glory, using our own perfectly mixed together gifts for his glory without the blandness and lost time that comes along with questioning 
the head chef. So, so let's walk in masterpiece today. Take a bite out of it. Digest it and receive it. Not just smell it and think it's out of reach. It's here in front of us now for the tasting, for the digesting. Let's respond to such a word of identity in how we live today. God's got more baking up of good things to come in our lives. So let's get on with it, shall we? <laughs> Let me leave you with this. What's something God's called you, said or declared over you as his good work that maybe you found hard to truly believe? Have you gotten risky at believing it? Walking and acting accordingly to it? What's something you could do today, right now, to help you step into that truth? Jesus died for you so that you could walk in it. Until next time, this is Casey Heist, and I'm signing off. Hey, your masterpiece material. Don't forget.